0: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: Folks, welcome to another prospect interview here on the No Ceilings NBA YouTube channel. I am Maxwell Baumbach, and today I am joined by one of the most interesting and exciting prospects coming up here in the 2023 NBA Draft, uh, Washington State's Mohamed Gay. Mo, how are you doing
2: today? I'm great. I'm doing good. How about
1: you? I'm I'm doing great. I'm I'm really excited to talk to you. You were a guy that uh, I I feel like I was kind of sleeping on a little bit is right. is a, a prospect. And I I tweeted the other day I was doing a film dive and I was like, man, this guy's better than I gave him credit for. And then as soon as I tweeted it out, I had all these people like associated with Washington State, whatever, hitting me up and being like, oh, he's a, he's a great guy. He's putting in the work. He's getting so much better. And then ended up being able to link up with you and get you on the show. So we're we're super yeah. excited to have you here um so the first thing i always like to ask is because we get a lot of people that start coming to our website coming to our youtube channel around the time of the draft and they're people that are just nba fans and they've never even seen some of these people play before so how would you describe your game to someone who's never seen you play before
2: Mm -hmm. describing my game i will say i I do a lot of everything Mm -hmm. Uh, By season washington state put me in a position to have the ball a lot so i was able to make decisions like either I'm aggressive, either pass the ball or, or organize the offense. So, I would say I I do a lot of everything in the game.
1: Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. He is uh around six eleven, uh very versatile. You measured with a, a big wingspan too at the combine, right? Wasn't your wingspan
2: close to seven four? He was. He was six yeah. three and a quarter or something like that. Yeah,
1: yeah. So big, versatile player. Um, really, really interesting. Um. So, how did you get into basketball growing up? Because if I'm not mistaken, I believe you you grew up in Senegal, right?
2: Yeah, I grew up in Senegal, West Africa. Was a soccer player my whole time there. Mm -hmm. I was 14, 15. But we have to say that my brother played basketball. Okay. He played too, but I was more into the soccer side, you know, because I was really skilled. Mm -hmm. Senegal, like it's a soccer country. Born the next day you know like everybody gives you a soccer ball so playing soccer till i was 14 then start picking basketball a little going with my brother watching play you know having a mm-hmm. ball back home too and i had cousins who was born in here he played at rice he went he saw me too was like yo you need to start <laughs> I had a cousin who went overseas playing in spain um mm-hmm. uh and all that, Sweden and all that. So it was like, yo, you got to start. You, you know, you're pretty tall. But that was me mm-hmm. all my friends. That's how I picked it up. Had a coach. My brother took me to a camp. A coach named Coach uh, Coach Dam. He was a national team assistant coach. He was my first coach. Like Okay. There. That's my first time training basketball, really. Trained there for a year. Then next thing you know, Sal Mamadou, he's a coach from France. He was like, yo. I think you, you can be a good player. Like I think you have potential to play in the NBA. That's how I end up in prolific. I was there my sophomore and junior year. Then I graduated early for Washington State. Yeah, mm-hmm. went there, played there freshman and sophomore year. And now I'm here.
1: Yeah, it's that's that's
2: crazy.
1: That is very fast to go from like not even experienced to playing Division One to now like a guy who is projected to go in the draft. Like that is yeah. a very very quick turn of events.
2: He was he was very fast.
1: Um was there anything that you feel like you gained from playing soccer that carried over into basketball?
2: Yes. I was playing midfield, so I would say the vision mm-hmm. the, definitely is the same like you see things. And I think that helped with my passing. Also, I think the footwork, the footwork Absolutely. Helped. I think I think that's one of my biggest strengths, my, my, how I move my feet, and I think that helps a lot, the
1: footwork. Mm. So what was the biggest adjustment for you? Not only, obviously, like you go from just starting basketball to playing at one of the top high schools in the country, to Washington State. Um, what were the biggest adjustments for you on the floor and off the floor? In terms of, like, now you're moving. Now you're playing organized basketball at a super high level. You're in a completely different country. Like, I'm always just so blown away by the guys that that just move – that straight sure, up just moving to a different country. is like a huge yeah. adjustment. But then also, like, you're just getting thrown into the defense basketball-wise, yeah. too. And it was
2: crazy, too. My high school year, I had Jalen Green, Nimari Furnett, Coleman uh Frank, Mongo, and Mike. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. We was all in the same team. I was like, yo, <laughs> This is my first taste of high school. I mm-hmm. thought, all thought, oh, the high schools was like that. <laughs> <laughs> Little boy, I know it was way different.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I adapted pretty quick. I don't know how I adapted because that was my first time playing organized basketball ever. <laughs> but I adapted really quick, started playing, you know, didn't start playing like a month and a half until uh, when I got here, a month mm-hmm. and a Later, start playing with the team. Start playing in games. We played. I remember my first game I played was in Arizona against uh, Beauchamp. Okay. Yeah. Beauchamp and mm-hmm. Namari hit the game winner. It was <laughs> it was crazy. That was my first game I played ever. So. <laughs> That's so wild. That just
1: like your first game and you're like on the floor with like multiple yeah. NBA players. Yeah.
2: Just it was crazy. But then that yeah, was just. Trying to learn, having trouble because I the the language barriers was I was not speaking good English when I first got here. So okay, I was speaking okay English, so mm-hmm. it was hard to communicate defense and all that. So, but I think besides that, just moving with the whole different because I had a mm-hmm. little family. And okay, thank God they helped me a lot and being yeah. around helped me on everything. But I would say definitely the people and the food that are mm-hmm. the best.
1: What was, is there like a food that you miss the most? Like being here that you just can't get?
2: Oh yeah, my mom's food. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. My food more mm-hmm. my mom, that's the thing I miss the most. Absolutely. But here and there, if I go to New York, like now I'm in Atlanta, I can mm-hmm. go to the least spot real quick, get some food. Nice. But my mom's food for sure
1: that's a good good answer she's gonna like that one too so i'm sure she'll appreciate that um so what led you to washington state during the recruiting process like what made you ultimately decide to go
2: there man so it was during covid year yeah i go have uh in-person visit Mm -hmm. all my visits was zoom zoom visits all of them so i had wazoo i had ucla roger's kansas I had older schools, but the Wazoo one made more sense because where I'm coming from is, like, oh, I didn't play a lot. I didn't play a lot of games. So Uh I'm aware that I can compete to play right away and not wait. For instance, like, say I go to UCLA, oh, they bring a five-star. Even though I'm going to be competing, no, I I will play. But, you know, Mm -hmm. it's different when you just started and you're not from here. It's a lot So... I was like, yeah, I'm going to go to Wazoo. I had my guy essay there. I was like, I'm going to go there, prove myself, and earn me a spot. Then Mm. I did. Then, thank God, it worked pretty well.
1: Yeah, it did. It did. So you got on the radar pretty quickly as a freshman. Like You kind of came a little out of nowhere. Like You were a top 100 recruit, but it was sort of back end. Like you said, you weren't a guy who was getting a ton of minutes and stuff in high school. It was mostly just like... And then all of a sudden, like you have a really, really solid freshman season. And then you got the NBA Combine invite last year. Yeah. Um, you played at the Combine, you were really good. And it was one of those things that was just like, oh man, like this guy's serious. Like he kind of came out of nowhere and he's really on the map. Um, yeah. What did you take out of the NBA Combine experience last year? And what kind of feedback did you get? And then what ultimately led you to decide to go back for a second year?
2: Uh, I took a lot. And um, just going through the draft process, you know, working out with teams. Seeing pros work out, it just gives you a taste that like, you have to do this to be better or to get to that level. So I took that with me. And also, you know, just competing against your peers. Like, I'm not from here. I've been here, like, but from then it was, like, two years. Yeah, yeah. I was back home. I see people like, oh, this he's going to be this in the league. He's going to be that in the league. Then you go against them. It was like, oh, hold on. I'm I'm pretty good if I go against them, go so like mm-hmm. that, you know? So Yeah. Just just going there, competing against them, and seeing your, where your level is. Mm-hmm. Seeing that, oh, you know, because I'm not from here, obviously I'm not going to get the same politics, but if yeah, I yeah, a long time, it will be a different story. Mm-hmm. So just, just having that uh, confidence with you, going back to the whole draft process, that's, I think that's where I get the most confidence and what it takes to be good.
1: For sure. And it and it showed up on the film. I feel like that you were a much more confident and, and much more assertive player in your second year, especially down the back half of the season. Yeah. Um, so let, we'll, let's kind of get into your game a little bit. Um, so obviously, like, one of the biggest things that that jumps out about you is there aren't a lot of guys that have your fluidity, your mobility at, at your size. Like there's just not a lot of guys that move like you do. Um, but I thought the other thing that was a, a, a noticeable jump to me was it seemed like you got a lot stronger and you were a lot more willing to engage physically yeah. this year than last year. Like this year it felt like, oh man, this guy's like kind of a force on the glass, and I I yeah. didn't get that freshman year. So right. can you talk about those changes a little bit? To because obviously you got a lot stronger, but you didn't lose anything as far as how you move either.
2: Yeah, so that was my biggest thing coming back. It was like, yo, I need to get stronger for sure because I know how it went last year going against. Mm-hmm. And I know what was coming this year too. Mm-hmm. So I was that was my main focus, honestly, just get stronger and not lose like how I move or my handle or nothing. So the offseason was pretty tough. Got coach Shaw, he was giving me smoothie all the time. Zach, <laughs> There was Coach Smith, There was on my ass. like oh, got <laughs> mm-hmm. then it kind of showed I played uh like two twelve, two thirteen. Something like that. And Mm -hmm. a freshman, I was 193 when I first got it. So I put in like eight. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. or 19 pounds something Mm -hmm. like that so that was that was definitely a big change and it helped me too it helped me with the injuries like getting stronger less injury yeah a lot more and you know i'm more durable i don't think i miss any game the whole season
1: Mm -hmm. yeah and do you feel like that helped you just from a confidence standpoint too to know that like like, because to me, where it showed up most is your rebounding. Like, you were a lot better, especially on offensive rebounds this year. Like, do, were you feeling, like, more confident, too? Like, I know I can go in there and get this ball. Yeah,
2: yeah, definitely. I felt like every offensive rebound, I could get it, honestly. That was my mindset. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Even if they are me out, I'm going to find a way. Like, you got to find a way. That's what they always say, find a way to get it, find a way to get it. Obviously, they big buddies in the Pac-12. The fives are, you know, mm-hmm. really strong. Like, my boy Dante at yeah, them and you know all them, but. Yeah, Dante's Dante's good. Yeah, you just you just gotta find a way, and that was my mindset. I was like, "Yo, I'm I'm tall enough, and now I'm strong enough. They cannot stop me getting to offensive rebound."
1: Hmm. Yeah, and so another area of your game that I think makes you really interesting is because of how you move. You you're going to be able to cover multiple positions and things like that. Um, but I I think you really showed a lot more as a shooter and as a passer over the last couple of years too. So um, you're shooting around 28% from three, which is a really good number for a big man your age. Uh, And you shot free throws a lot better this year. You went from 49% to about 67%. Um, So could you talk a little bit about that jump as a free throw shooter? And then also just your jump shot as a whole, because you're not somebody that like, teams can leave open on the perimeter, which is not something that's common in big men for one. And two, not something that's common in big men who kind of have the... The defensive
2: versatility that you do man i i'm still pretty mad about my free throw i was like damn <laughs> <laughs> still I, my, not good
1: enough you went up 20 nah, 20 some I, percent and you're I, like
2: nah, not not this. i was really mad at myself because i knew and everybody on the team knew that oh he's a better shooter than that mm-hmm. but i guess it was just my being being a freshman figuring it out but i was pretty mad then this year too i shot it better but i'm still not mm-hmm. Happy about the way I shoot it, but nonetheless, it's a lot of work. Like during this off season, put a lot, a lot of work in with Coach Shaw. He's like mm-hmm. the free throw guy, free throw rehab. That's like he call him. <laughs> and literally, like 100 physio. Sometimes it get too easy. Okay, don't touch the rim. No near. Just net, old net, old switch. Mm-hmm. You know, just keep working on it, repeating, working on it, repeat. And I think that, that it's playing. It's not all the way there yet, but it's on the way. Just like my shooting, I've been I've been working on my shooting since since my freshman year. My freshman year played a lot, but I've been working on that since then. And obviously, I'm, I keep working on it. I'm working on it still, and I'm still gonna work on it. But I know I can be a good shooter. Like mm-hmm. I can. Be, I know I can be way better than. I am right now, and I will be for sure. It's just a matter of timing when you're gonna click.
1: That's that's yeah. awesome to hear. Yeah, because I like the way. I mean, it looks good on yeah. on film is the thing. So it's it's definitely on the right track, and it's it's yeah. exciting to see.
2: Yeah, and I know the work on the work I put in Definitely gonna pay on the shooting it is mm-hmm. is going for sure.
1: That's awesome. That's great to hear. So the other big area, and I think the most surprising one to me is I kind of did. My film deep dive. So I, I saw you a couple times throughout the season, and then I I just did my my deep dive the other day. Where I'm watching, you know, four or five games of a guy. It's what really blew me away was your passing it yeah. is so much different. Like that was not really a part of your game at all a year ago, and now you're like orchestrating handoffs, you're finding cutters. You went from 0.5 assists per game to 1.9 per game. You had an assist rate of 14 which grades out exceptionally well compared to like other big men, like other NBA players that had that kind of assist rate in college. You're looking at guys like Jeremiah Robinson, Earl, Wendell Carter, Brandon Clark, like guys who were regarded as really smart, sharp passers. Yeah. Um, and you went from like a non-passer to to kind of being in a tier with those guys. So what happened there? How did you kind of make that leap as a passer?
2: Honestly, just having the ball more. And- okay. Uh, Coach Smith putting me in a position to make decisions because I was I, I would say I was I was always a great passer but I was now they didn't hand me the keys to that last year because we had Mike, Ty we had a really guard-dominant team like, uh, the first year and this year it was yeah, Coach just trusted me to run the offense so it was like okay, I'm going to be patient find the right read and find the open guy and I think that was the biggest difference, just me having the ball more. Mm-hmm.
1: So you so you would say a lot of it is, is like, comfort and everything, too?
2: Yeah, it's definitely comfort. It's having the ball and comfort. Like, having the ball for sure, but then being comfortable. Like, you know, not rush it and get used to it. Like, the first time, honestly, the first time we were in the offense in the preseason, I was not, you know, I was not used to it. I was always, oh, I want to do this fast. I want to do this quick. Then... Mm-hmm me to take my time and see all the reads I think being patient is one of the big things too being patient and and honestly after that you just kind of roll with it when the season's going on you get kind of used to it you know what your teammates gonna do the good they're gonna do you're gonna who gonna be open and it's just read at that point
1: mm-hmm. yeah ab- absolutely um one thing I thought was interesting too is is this is now the second year in a row that like not only, I mean, you obviously improved from your freshman season to your sophomore season, but you got better throughout the year, and like your in-conference stats were better than than your stats at the start of the season, even though you're you're playing in the Pac-12. It's a really yeah. tough league, and this year had a lot of quality bigs in it too. Um, between like Infali Dante, who you mentioned, um, and then even guys like Vincenzo Ochuku and Adembona, like it, it's just a loaded conference on the big man front um what do you attribute that to is that just kind of the same thing just getting more and more comfortable on the floor yeah Was there anything that clicked at all
2: yeah getting more confident being like and knowing like oh i can go out there and get a double over every day or i can get a bucket mm-hmm. every just being confident and more patient i think that changed a lot of my game this- and you know having the trust of the teammate and the coaches too that changed mm-hmm. a lot so knowing that okay I can mess this up, but the coach trusts me to make the right pass in the next one or the right play on the next one. Either me passing the ball, shooting it, or just attacking. I know, like, oh, he trusts me to make that decision. So having that freedom in your mind, it opens up your game for sure. For sure.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, the season is is in the books, um, and now we're we're headed into the NBA draft. We are – let, basically two and a half weeks away uh, by the time this comes out. What have you been focused on working on in your game the most as you head into the draft?
2: Definitely shooting, because that's the biggest uh, question they have. Like, can he shoot and all that? And I think I improved it a lot, and I showed it on my workouts too. Mm-hmm. But honestly, just getting stronger too, my ball handling, just – just honestly, I I work on my game overall every time. Just everything. Mm-hmm. like even the aspect people think I'm good at, I think I'm not good at there yet. I think I can get better, so I work on my game overall. Everything getting stronger, shooting the ball better, ball handling. Just show the whole package, like they say.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And what do you like? What do you envision your role being in the NBA? Do yourself? Do you see yourself as a four? Is a five? Is sort of a, a hybrid four-five? Like. What what kind of role do you see yourself playing in the NBA?
2: It depends because the league now. I mean, even the five is the point guard. Yeah, you don't, yeah. You don't have position. So that's why I don't want to say oh, I want to play this or that. Mm-hmm. I just think I can I can play a lot of position, if not every position, mm-hmm. I, and mm, every position. I think you know just. I think I I can I can play pretty much every position if I was in the league right now. Because it's different. It's not like oh he a four he only can play four. Yeah. Or he at five, he only can play five. I think I think I can I can bring the, you know, how mobile I am and how how I move my feet and how I play defense. I think that'll make me able to play multiple positions.
1: For sure. For sure. I would definitely agree with that. And like to your point, I mean look at the NBA finals we have right now. It's Nicole Jokic who runs the offense as a center. It's Jimmy Butler, who's the size of a wing, but can, can guard bigger players and also run the offense. Like it's, it's a new era. It's, it's positionless basketball and, and you kind of fit where that, where the league is going with, with your shooting and your movement, and your defense. And, uh, yeah, uh, really, really exciting player. I'm, I'm so glad that you took the time to join us. We're, we're glad that you were able to come on the show. Where can people find you on social media if they want to continue to follow your journey as you take those next steps and and move on to the NBA?
2: Yeah, they can find me on Instagram, uh, Rasul Muhammad, Rasul Gay. If you go Russell Gay, you will see me. I'm also mm-hmm. on Snap, Rasul Gay 12. And... I'm on Twitter too, Russell Gay, but I'm I'm more of a watcher on Twitter. I like watching people. <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah. Sounds good. Well, I'm we we yeah. Oh sorry, go ahead. I said I don't be posting it. i just be watching three really- days. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Sounds good. Well, yeah, I'll make sure that no one on our site says anything bad about you because they'll they'll know that you're gonna see it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can go after them. But uh yeah, we, we appreciate you so much for taking the time, man. We're we're wishing you the best luck in your pre-draft process. Uh, so everyone go give Mo a follow. Uh, if you haven't watched his film, go check it out. He's, he's a really, really intriguing prospect here. Uh, make sure you're subscribed to our YouTube channel here. Make sure you're subscribed to our Substack at nocellingsnba.com as well as the No Cilings NBA podcast feed. I'm Max o. Baumbach. Thank you for joining us.
3: Welcome to a special YouTube edition of Draft Deeper. My name is Nathan Grubel and I'm here with a very special guest, You would know him as point guard for the Wichita State this past season, but certainly one of my favorite potential two-way prospects in this draft class. I'm writing words about him as one of my guys on NoCillingsNBA.com. Make sure you check that out when it drops. But Craig Porter Jr. is in the house with me. Craig, how you doing, my man?
0: Doing pretty good. Couldn't be more blessed.
3: Absolutely. So. Craig is certainly one of the hardest workers in this draft class. I know that because he has certainly emerged on the radar as someone who's doing a lot of a lot of team workouts these days, right? Who are what? What are the NBA teams you've worked out with so far?
2: Uh,
0: I've had the Dallas Mavericks, uh, Golden State, Boston, Detroit, and just finished up the Maverick or Magic yesterday.
3: Those are those are a lot of good organizations on that list. Huh? A lot of smart organizations. So that that. That says a lot if they're interested in bringing you in for a workout. That means you should be on some more teams' radars here. So, Craig, uh, we're going to get into plenty of what you do on the basketball court, but I just want to start off with with some light stuff to, to let people get to know you. So, Craig Porter Jr., we'll get into who you are on the court, but off the court, what are some of the favorite things you like to do, who you hanging out with? Like, Who is Craig Porter Jr. off the court as much as he is on the court?
0: Uh, Really, I mean, outside of basketball, I'm really just – Chilling in the house. I mean, watching movies, playing my game, uh spending time with families. A lot of what I do. Uh Even when I was up in Wichita, my mom she moved out there with me for the last two years. So I mean, really just spending a lot of time with her is what I did on my off time.
3: Okay. What what kind of games you playing?
0: Uh, Call of Duty, Two K, Fortnite, any okay. and everything. So
3: love love playing Two lo- K. I love playing Call of Duty as well. That's that's a big game where where my friends and I stay in touch throughout the week. Unfortunately. I'm not the best anymore as I once was. So I, I tend to rage quit sometimes. And so my friends got to hold me accountable on that one. But call of duty is a great game for sure. Uh, you listen to a lot of music.
0: Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, I mean, I got a wide variety. I mean, anywhere from R and B to rap. I mean, I listen to it all, honestly. Okay.
3: I'm a, I'm a hip hop and R and B guy myself. Who, who were some of your favorite artists to listen to?
0: Uh, probably just the mainstreams, Lil Dirk, Lil baby, a bunch of those, uh, Really, yeah, those and Future. Future's probably one of my top ones.
3: Oh, Future has to be
0: up there, yeah. right? That,
3: that man makes music for everything, especially when you're getting ready pregame. Come on, you got to have the hype songs going from from Future for sure. Um, okay, so you started your playing career outside of D1 college basketball, right? Like when 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 people are evaluating prospects for the NBA draft and they go to look at some of the background information, they're used to finding, you know, this is a top ex-recruit who's going to Kentucky or Duke or Alabama or or whatever the case may be but you actually grinded your way up to D1 basketball and you ultimately got to play for Wichita State so so what is that grind like for people who are unaware of what it actually takes to start where you started and get to where you were to be in this position what 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 does that work like like how much goes into that
0: uh I mean it's a lot different uh Taking the Juco route, I mean, even when I first had got there, I didn't play right away. I didn't get what I thought I was going to get. So, I mean, really just having to work into a role and work into a position to help your team. I mean, you kind of start to understand that it's a, the process is bigger than just you. Uh, you got to figure out a way to get onto the court and then stay on the court. So, really just working hard and finding a way to where your place is going to be on that team. And really, I mean, there was times where we had practices for five and six hours a day. We were missing meals. So, Really, it's a different type of grind. There's almost no rules in Juco. So, I mean, it's, it's really, like I said, a different type of grind, honestly.
3: Going through all of that, though, doesn't that sort of give you a, a greater belief in yourself? Like, if I can overcome some of these challenges to make it to where I am now, why can't I overcome even more challenges and really get to where I want to be and fulfill my dreams? you get that that sense of accomplishment going through that?
0: Uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, even with a lot of people who uh, knew my coach at my junior college, they kind of told me any anything you deal with with him, if you can get through it, you can deal with anybody. So, I mean, really just, just having that, that mindset just kind of led me to where I am today. so
3: Absolutely. So your, your first year at Wichita State, you, you didn't have a large role on the team, but last year and, and now really this this past year, that role completely reversed, right? You, you were the man on this team. You, you were the point guard, the leader. What was your experience like at Wichita State from start to finish, and 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 why do you think you were ultimately able to take on that larger role that you did? Like, what goes into you actually becoming a leader on the team?
0: Uh, you know, it, it was kind of similar to junior college. Uh, I mean, my first year, I was kind of a role player who had some great guards and great players around me, so I didn't really have uh, to do too much of leading. I uh, really just was filling in a role, but. Going into my second year of junior college, I had to be the lead guard. I had to take over the team and do a little bit of everything like I did these past two years at Wichita. So really, I mean, I feel like my coaches at Wichita State, they just kind of challenged me, uh, were leaning on me a little bit more because, I mean, bringing in a lot of new guys, you kind of need a player and a coach to be, I mean, almost best friends and just kind of take over the team and get guys to do the right things and get guys to trust you and just, just kind of building that that trust amongst everybody to to have that one common goal, I would say. And uh, Mm -hmm. I mean, the challenge, it was, it was definitely difficult at times, but I mean, I feel like me and my coaches, we did the best that we could. And I mean, it it worked out for all of us.
3: Absolutely. I, I love that answer because as a point guard, you, you have to be not only a leader in terms of how you yourself are motivating your teammates, but you really have to be like an extension of the coach. On the court, right? So if you're able to embody the, the the message that he's bringing to the table and you're able to, to convey that to your teammates and get all of them to buy in. I mean, that speaks volumes to not only what you can accomplish at college, but potentially at the NBA level. So getting into more of your game, how would you classify yourself as a player? Like, what, what do you feel like are your strengths and what you're really bringing to the table on the court?
0: Uh, Honestly, really a little bit of everything. Uh, being able to defend multiple positions, being able to mm-hmm. block shots, uh, read passing lanes, stuff like that. Uh, playmaking, obviously. Uh, I can definitely improve on my shooting, but I mean, even still, I feel like I'm a pretty good shooter. Uh, just need to be a little bit more aggressive, but really, I mean, a little bit of everything is what I can do, and I mean, I feel like I've showcased that everywhere I've been, so...
3: You have. And and I'm glad that you started with defense because that's what I would write in your scouting reports in all capital letters and multiple exclamation points after that. Right. So that I've interviewed some players before and I talked to them about their, their defense and what really stands out. But the thing I always want to start with on defense is that that mentality, that doesn't come from nowhere, like to actually, you know, every single minute of the game, you're keeping up with somebody, you're constantly reading, you're keeping your head on a swivel. You know, that that ability, that mentality to buy into that side of the court, each and every single possession. Where, where does that come from from you?
0: Um, Really? I mean, I would say even before junior college, really when I was in about middle school, one of my AAU coaches I had played with, he was a really defensive minded coach. And he kind of just conveyed that message to me because I was a lot smaller at that time. So really he was just telling me, I mean, if you can be good at defense at this point in your career, I mean, it'll carry over and you won't have to worry about it going down the line. So, I mean, I really feel like I could give a lot of credit to him and how he just pushed me to be better at defense and just worked with me on different little things. And then as the years got over and kept going and I got a lot bigger, stronger, and just a better understanding of the game. I mean, it kind of just came naturally to me. And it was something that I just took a lot of pride in.
3: Absolutely. And you could certainly tell that. I mean, when when you're watching, the tape. I mean, your your effort level, how you're everywhere at the same time. It, it's really impressive for, from a guard as well. And it it's not just the steals. You know, your block rate for a guard is freaking ridiculous. Like, if we go through some of the stats, you have. I wrote this down simply at five block percentage. Normally, that's like a number that's reserved for like wings and, and forwards and players who who are certainly bigger in stature than you, but that, that mentality, that aggressiveness and going up to block shots, like, is that one of your favorite things to do on the basketball court? Like take something away from somebody else?
0: Uh, yeah, it's definitely something I I like doing a lot. Uh, really it's a lot easier for me. I feel like because a lot of times people don't expect me to do it. So really, I feel like that's why I catch people off guard a lot of times, but I mean, even just talking to a lot of my former opponents, I mean, they just tell me a lot of times their scouting report was anytime you see him, just pump fake him. So I mean, (laughs) Even just hearing that, it, it was kind of fun to hear that. So
3: absolutely. That that becoming better as a defensive playmaker, is that more so you just continuing to play the game and you just keep getting reps and you just keep adjusting to the speeds and everyone else? Is that how much you put into reading other scouting reports or watching film back? Like how how have you steadily improved in that? Where where would you say you attribute most to, to making those improvements in your game?
0: Uh, really, like you said, just watching a lot of film, just understanding the uh, tendencies of other people and just really just getting a good feel for the game. I mean, as I've been playing basketball for almost what 15 or more years, I mean, I I've kind of played against everybody who can do almost anything I could expect. So really just just understanding and getting a, a good feel for what people do and just just trying to anticipate and get ahead of what they would do before they do it.
3: Absolutely. So so. Playing defense, I I always say that there's. It's more than just your your physical characteristics, your size, your length. It really is about your heart and how much you want to buy into playing on that side of the floor. Would you ultimately agree with that statement when you look around at at some of your other peers and how the games evolved and and changed? And you know, we we want to look at different positions and say, oh, you're you're too small, or you can't do this, or you can't do that. But I. on especially on defense i really buy into it's more about what you want to do on that side of the ball and how much you're buying it would you agree with that
0: oh yeah i would definitely agree with that i mean it's really everything you just hit on i mean if you got the heart to do it is it's almost anybody i feel like i could guard and stop i mean if you put me up against any anybody honestly i feel like i could get a stop or a block on so i mean it's it's really like you said that heart
3: i love that answer hey you, you went there not me how many positions you think you can guard in the nba
0: I say three or four. I ain't, I ain't gonna say all five. Some, of the, <laughs> some of the dudes just be a little too tall. So I, I, I gonna...
3: you, you have to be a special player to to guard all five positions. That yeah, I I don't throw that around lightly. But yeah, I I listen. I think you can actually keep up with, with certainly ones and twos. But I think you can guard some threes at the yeah. NBA level. And that versatility, your awareness, your your ability to quarterback a defense from the perimeter that that's going to carry over no matter where you go. And that's going to be something that NBA teams would certainly want to buy into with you. Offensively, your game really took off this past year scoring out of, out of pick and roll sets, right? That was your most used play type per synergy. That was where you operated the best. How have you been able to develop that feel in pick and roll? Cause it's, it, it's not just being able to make a jump shot or make a layup. It's the cadence and the timing that goes along with playing out of pick and roll. How have you been able to develop that throughout your career?
0: Uh, Really, throughout high school, that was a lot more of how I played. Uh, and then really, I, I'd say I give a lot of credit to my junior college again. Uh, really, a lot of those hours and practices, we did a lot of ball screen works and a lot of the sets we ran were putting me in ball screens and coming off and making those different decisions. So Really just getting all those reps throughout these years and really just getting an understanding of how different defenses move and just reading different positions and just mm-hmm. seeing how different people guard different things and also a lot of film. I mean, really just just getting a better understanding of game, just game speed decisions and really things like that just helped me get a better understanding of how I could have make it more effective for me to score or distribute the ball or really just do different things like that.
3: Absolutely. Distributing the ball out of that out of that set is certainly important, right? So when you get up to the NBA level, a lot of what teams want to do, they want to run a lot of spread, pick and roll, right? So have you made an emphasis in your pre-draft workouts and in becoming a better distributor out of those play types as well as a scorer?
0: Oh, uh, yeah, definitely. uh, really, a lot of my workouts have been a bunch of shooting and just really, like you said, this decision making and distributing the ball and just just making sure I get the right decisions when they come and just working at that at game speed and it's it's definitely improving a lot.
3: absolutely and and when we talk about shooting, I know you said it is something you want to improve on, but what I love about your shooting and your scoring attack is that you create a lot of your own shots, right so so there's there's some players that we will look at that are more geared towards being. You know, role players or bench guys or whatever the case may be, where they're not able to create their own shot like you can. Their their assist rate on their three point makes will be incredibly high. Your assist rate on a lot of your makes, regardless of play type or area on the floor, it's usually underneath about thirty percent. Which that that to me says it's it's not just something that you can do. You're very comfortable doing that. Um, what has gone into your improvement as a shot maker in terms of you being able to set other guys up you know being able to jerk them out of their position and ultimately set yourself up for those types of isolation looks or one-on-one looks where, where does that comfort level come from how's that developed
0: uh really a lot of it's come to me just naturally over the last two years and also just working with my coaches at Wichita State uh really Coach Brown he just really just gave me the ball and he was relying on me uh in a lot of different aspects i mean especially this last year really just needing me to be the focal point of our offense and uh really just kind of take over for us and i mean over time it just got even better and better as he trusted me and i just worked at little things and he kind of gave me a lot of pointers on how i could be effective in that and then really just watching a lot of youtube over I mean, mm-hmm. some pro guys like the Derrick Roses, the Kyrie Irvings, a lot of old okay. takers. So, I mean, really just, just seeing how they play and stealing a lot of moves from them. I mean, and, it, and it's all, like I said, been, been paying off for me.
3: Who who are a lot of the guys? You, you mentioned a few. You mentioned Derrick Rose, Kyrie Irving. Who are a lot of the guys that, that you like to watch film of to really take something from their games?
0: Uh, actually, I watched, honestly, a lot of Rayjean Rondo, a lot of his old highlights. So, I mean, that's really who I am. Yeah, I I feel like that game, how he plays is honestly just identical to how I am, so.
3: Your hesitations, your pacing, how you're able to throw guys off to get to your spots. You love going to that floater in the lane. And and when you can make it all the way to the rim, you're not afraid to jam at home on some guys either. I I love that. that. Is that an underrated part of your game? Maybe something you'd like to show a little bit more that you got some ups that you can dunk at home?
0: Uh yeah, for sure. I mean, even in a lot of my uh, pre-draft workouts, a lot of teams have been surprised at my athleticism. And I mean, it's impressed them. So I mean, really, just just like you said, I mean, I'm not afraid to, to throw it down <laughs> on somebody. I mean, it's it's my athleticism is is a part of my game, and it's not just something I show on defense. So
3: you have to absolutely, and then and then what goes into shooting as well? It's not just being able to shoot on the ball, but your catch and shoot game also really rates out incredibly well amongst your peers does that make you confident that you can play alongside another ball dominant guard in the backcourt like like a Terry Rozier is is a good example to use in in that type of role Do you feel like you can play alongside another point guard at the NBA level as well
0: uh yeah definitely I mean even like situations like that uh I feel like the last year or two i haven't really been able to play that off ball role too much because my team kind of relies on me to run the offense so much but really my first year or two of junior college i mean that's kind of what my role was uh, i was more of a spot-up shooter and a defensive player so really i mean i got a good understanding of how that role was played before i really got to be the man of the team so i mean it just gave me a better understanding of how the real professional career would be
3: absolutely have you been able to watch a lot of the playoffs recently
0: Oh, yeah, I've been watching every almost every game.
3: I love it. So, so have I. You, you kind of have to, right, to keep studying and make sure you're up and, and aware on what's going on and what's working at the NBA level and what's working at the NBA level for the Miami Heat. There's a guy named Gabe Vincent who once upon a time was an undrafted guard, and he worked his way up to now he's been playing one of the biggest roles for a team that's in the NBA Finals. And I, I look at Gabe Vincent's game and the types of things that he likes to do on the court. I think you can do a lot of those things, and that's why I've really started to to buy into your trajectory and where you could end up in, in the NBA. Would you compare yourself to somebody like a Gabe Vincent?
0: Uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, like you said, he just does a lot of things that just – compared to winning basketball. I mean even if there's yep. nights he's not scoring more than 10 points, I mean, there's nights where he's scoring 20, 25. I mean, it's yep. really just his overall game. He's he's making plays for other he's defending at a high level and he's really just impacted the game all over and being that second leader for Jimmy Butler when he may be off his game. So, really he just finds ways that to, to impact his team and winning. So,
3: absolutely. Is that is that is that the biggest thing that you're about? Not not just how many points you're scoring or how many assists or you just want to win the game at the end of the day?
0: No. Nah, yeah. I'm, I'm a winner at heart. I don't, I don't like losing at all. So <laughs> yeah, I don't care if I score zero points, zero. If we win, that's it, all that matters.
3: I can tell. And, and I, I always get that answer from guys who want to play defense first. Like you don't go out there and guard guys and, and run that side of the court like you do. And, and, you know, can embrace losing, right? You don't want anyone to score anything on you at any time. And, and I love talking to the players like that. Cause I feel like that's important. And, and, The players who I've seen succeed at the highest level in the NBA and or become the best versions of themselves, even if that's not a star level player, but the best versions of themselves. That's really what it comes down to is who they are as a person and what they're really embracing, bringing to the team from a locker room standpoint, not just skill level on the court or how big they are or how fast they are. That's the type of player I feel can succeed in the locker room. And and I love it, man. I'm continuing to buy into you, Craig. So, what would you like NBA teams to know about you that they may not have already picked up on already in this interview? Right? Like, what, what is your message to an organization considering drafting or signing you?
0: Um, Really, even with a lot of the uh, pre-draft workouts and interviews I've had, a lot of teams are kind of picking up on what I've been saying about just how I can fit into almost any role that I'm thrown into. I mean, kind of like the Gabe Vincents you said. And really, I mean, that whole Miami roster, I mean, besides Jimmy yeah. Brothers to just fit into that undrafted or underrated type of player who just can really do almost anything to get on the court and they know what it takes to win and really they're just bought in offensively and defensively so i mean it's just really just like you said i mean just understanding what you need to do to get on the court and uh really just doing whatever it takes to win is what i'd say
3: absolutely craig well i appreciate you taking the time to, to sit down with me good luck to you. In the rest of your journey, and then hopefully we can we can meet again when you're rocking an NBA jersey, and I'll be sitting down interviewing you about what your career is looking like. All right.
0: So that sounds like a plan.
3: Absolutely. Thank you so much, Craig, and thank you everyone out there watching this interview on YouTube. If you aren't subscribed to No Ceilings on YouTube, make sure you do so. You can follow me on Twitter at Draft Deeper. You can make sure you're following the collective at No Ceilings NBA on social media to get more updates about these types of interviews, everything else we have going on, and last but not least. The Substack, NoCeilingsNBA.com, Monday through Friday, even some Sundays. We're publishing content about the NBA draft. Make sure you're locked in. Stay tuned for more.